1: Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar and ESPN's Courtney Cronin inside the TCO Performance Center after we have just watched day two of rookie training camp where only the rookies have reported and they're on the field. It won't be until Saturday until the entire squad takes the field. Before we get into our bold position-by-position predictions, Uh, anything stand out to you of the first two
0: days of rookies practicing Courtney people in shorts. Uh, they look pretty good running around out there. Dalvin cook in shorts, uh, looks great. No, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, there's some guys who say, yeah, they had some good catches Stacy Coley. It was nice to see him out there on Wednesday. Um, he didn't practice on Thursday afternoon, which was kind of interesting because he was part of the walkthrough. Uh, but you know, he's recovering from that heel injury, and he's, you know, I asked John Filippo about that earlier because it's going to be pretty interesting for, if you're talking about position battles for a guy who, sh, you know, was in a really good spot in June. Um, once Laquan Treadwell gets here, once Kendall Wright gets here, once Tavares King gets here, like all these guys mixing in for the bottom four, really four positions. Cause I think, I do think they will keep six receivers. Um, you know, to me, Those types of observations are what I come away with. Uh, I think with Pat Elfline, you know, hearing him talk today uh, about the timeline that he really wouldn't go into. But I've I've spoken with some people close to the situation about, you know – What's going to happen as far as his timeline, and what I was told this afternoon was that he should be good to go in the near future, and that's recovering from not just the ankle surgery that we knew about, but the shoulder surgery that had heard about at point throughout the off season uh, and then, you know was able to confirm it with Pat himself today. I mean, that's got to be brutal. he said he said it was tough. I mean, he was on the couch for you know pretty much immobile ankle and shoulder. I mean, that's, that's brutal.
1: And he talked about wanting so badly to be in the weight room and just getting stronger yeah. from where he was in year one, knowing the defensive tackles that he faced in his first year and some that are coming up this year. They're going to have to face Mike Daniels again. They're going to have to face Akeem Hicks Two times again and Fletcher Cox is coming up as well and Aaron Donald and and Sue. So there's a lot of challenges that are coming for him and it's kind of limited how much he could be in the weight room. And if you're the Vikings, you hope that doesn't put him behind with his timeline, with the fact that not only was it on the lower half injury, but also the upper half too with the shoulder. From Elfline's personality, I think we liked what we saw last year, but he was kind of the rookie amongst veterans. And even though it was only a five-minute conversation that we had with him, he came across to me as a veteran player the way he talked.
0: What Brian O'Neill said yesterday was so eye-opening um, in just the development of Pat Elfline, of the mentality of how he's already a veteran. Um, there's There was, I mean, I think he was a veteran by week eight last year, just given how much was thrown at him to... Take over that position at center uh, as a rookie and and really just dominate. Uh, you know, one of the best, one of the best young centers, one of the best best young offensive linemen in the NFL right now. But uh, what he said about how he already was taking on Tony Sperano, like, what he would have wanted here with, like, the tension, the attention to details. And, you know, he's, you know J.P. Quinn, the guy they signed to replace him pretty much just for a few weeks for camp, um, you know, he's in there working on him with technique and, you know, Anchor Point and everything else. And same thing with, you know, he's getting after Brian O'Neal and the rest of the rookies. Like, he's, he's going to be a very long-time NFL player. There's very little doubt in my mind about that, you know, barring injuries, but... How he conducts himself and in the way that he he's he's so smart. Oh my god, that guy is smart, and I, it just comes across when you talk to him.
1: And him going through the details. I have it at our website fifteen hundred espn. dot com of just the details of how he and Kirk Cousins are oh, sure. getting on the same page, how they're preparing with each other, what it's like to adapt to a brand new quarterback, and, and when he, you
0: haven't been able to practice with him, nonetheless
1: just being in the film room and and trying to get all those details down and he was talking about just the hard work that it takes to get onto that level and you know what I see in him is exactly what you said is somebody that will carry the tradition here of great centers with the Vikings. And We saw that last year, but even from just what we see from him as a person, when you get that sense of this guy started the season as a boy and he's come back as a man.
0: Yeah, pretty. <laughs> I mean, it re- still looks like a still looks, still looks underage. Like yes, um, he still looks like a boy, but, but I mean, it really has that feel yeah.
1: that he is, like you said, he is a veteran leader now. And this going into the season with questions on the offensive line, they're going to need that with him at center.
0: You know, and, and the thing too with how many question marks there are on the right side of the offensive line of where, you know, who your right guard and who your right tackle are. Let's not forget that your center and your left guard are coming off serious season ending injuries. I mean, Nick Easton has the ankle. Pat Elfline now has the, you know, has the shoulder and the ankle. Riley Reefs the only healthy one on that size. The only one that we know is at least gonna be there week one. And um, he wasn't
1: hundred percent last year. No, Reeves. he had
0: the I believe it was a lower lower body injury back. Back, back, wasn't back it? or foot. Um or both, potentially. I mean, they're probably both, because these guys get the crap beat out beaten out of them week after week and do it to other people too, but um I mean this offensive line is such a key part of if this team is gonna be able to do what it wants this year. And I think You know, having a guy like Elfline supposedly, you know, on schedule soon, whether it's, you know, maybe it's another week, maybe it's another two weeks, but... There's confidence that this is not going to be a long-term issue, and and I think that that's a very good sign.
1: So let us get into our bold predictions, and what we're going to do is we're going to go position by position. We're going to pass it back and forth. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and then you will, and then we'll go back and forth, and we'll see if we can not botch this. Yeah. Like we do lists and pie charts. Yeah, and
0: anything that has to do with, like, order and numbers and, like, remembering Uh, if we did something. Yeah.
1: So you've written down all the positions. I have
0: written down every position help. on offense and defense that we're going over. But to clarify, so you're going to start out with your bold position for the quarterbacks. Do right. you want me to give a bold p- prediction for the quarterback? Should I go straight to running backs?
1: No, you are the reactor. So first, oh, I will do I Oh, hear, I hear you. you. I hear you. You react, then I react. See how this works? Yes.
0: Okay. So it's like back in, it's, there's order to the chaos here. Um, yeah. But it will probably, with us, it'll probably just end up being just absolute be chaos. Just chaos, yep. Exactly. So if I we start out with
1: anything right. If we start out with quarterback, <laughs> there are probably many bold camp predictions you could try to make with Kirk Cousins, but those are just too hot for my liking. I mean, I think we know what we're going to get from Kirk Cousins in training camp. He's going to start working on that chemistry with his wide receivers. He's going to play a few snaps in the preseason games and then we'll really find out how he fits in when we get to the real season. But the Trevor Simeon and Kyle Sloter battle. My bold prediction is not that Simeon loses the job, but that Kyle Sloter will be the apple of the eye of many Vikings fans. By the end of this preseason, they'll be talking about, boy, you know, if things don't work out with Kirk, we've got this guy.
0: Well, that's what everybody in Denver thought last year. And like John Elway, quarterback, uh, evaluator extraordinaire. Uh, that's probably the best one. Really. Like of guys that like he brought in, that's probably maybe I'm a jerk for saying that, but
1: I was going to say wow. Harsh.
0: Guys not named Peyton Manning that doesn't count.
1: <laughs> no, I know. But, T- but you're right. Tebow and then Simeon Paxton, Paxton Lynch, Lynch who was I, I think a boss. Like and then paying Case Keenum twenty million dollars yeah, a year. I
0: mean, Slaughter was a gem for him, and I know that was a that was a tough one that they didn't really want to give up, but they saw a great window there, and, and obviously the Vikings needed some security with, um, you know, Bradford. But anyways, no, I agree with you. I think that Slaughter is going to draw some eyes. I mean, second, third preseason, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be his coming out party here because that was exactly what he did last year. He was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the preseason, um, and. I could, yeah, I I like that pick. And he's got
1: a strong arm. People mm. will love that, that when he drops back and lets loose, they're going to see that he has a really strong arm and think, okay, this is the guy. And I'm not saying it's impossible. There have been quarterbacks who have been third stringers that turned out to be great NFL quarterbacks. It's really, really unlikely, but it's a classic preseason thing to happen that the third string quarterback has a few nice moments and all of a sudden... Everyone not wants him to play when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, but thinks, oh, we've got a gem here.
0: Well, and I've said this for a while and I've and I've thought this, that if they need some sort of leverage with trades, whether it's in training camp or at any other point in the season, you know, where this could become a you know, even I don't want to say it's probably too early to say it, it's like a garage. Are you gonna be
1: like my Twitter account right now and be like, we could throw in Sloter and get a starting
0: right guard? No, I'm not gonna say Sloter for a right guard, but I am going to say that...
1: Throw in a seventh.
0: Maybe something else in there, too, but that he could end up becoming a really good trade bait for them, because you know a young guy, a developmental prospect still, but getting in your system, and it's good security to have. I, I think that down the line, maybe it's not this season, but he might not be a vi If he doesn't play, I mean, there's, there's a very good chance that um, they could end up trying to levy something with that.
1: I'm glad you are all aboard on the bold prediction Kyle Slaughter train. So now... Let's head to the running backs. This is your bold prediction.
0: Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's say that with the running backs.
1: You and I have, by the way, we have taken on yes. our running back. Having not seen them really at all outside of shorts, it's too, too bad. We've already decided on which running back we like. Is that where you're going with this bold prediction? Well,
0: I mean, it's going to end up being the only thing I can think of with running backs. I mean, I'm not including the fullback in here, unless do you want to? I mean, if
1: you have a bull, I don't have a prediction, fullback prediction. I mean,
0: <laughs> my prediction is that uh, Rock, that um, Mike Boone, who's my pr- my pick, that's your y- guy. You have Rock Thomas. I'm Team
1: Rock Thomas.
0: Um, who you have not seen play at all? No, but, and you, you haven't know. seen Mike Boone. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No Mike, way. Yes, I have. Mike Boone has been playing. Were you were a were lot grinding late. the tape? I've, I watched some of his tape, but I also took a look at. Um, you know the spring, and I factored that into him winning the you know change of pace running back role.
1: Oh yeah, you could definitely tell. Oh a yeah, lot. In, in shorts. OTAs.
0: You know, I really could. It's
1: fantastic.
0: I mean, for me, it's <laughs> you know the way that I look at that. Uh, it's a tough. You know, they need a number three running back because they know what Murray can do. They know what happens. You know, you know if Cook if Cook needs you know time off, if he you know if they need to use use Murray, they know how to use him. I don't know if they have a Jarek McKinnon amongst those two, but they do have somebody who can be a change of pace back, and See, I do think that it'll be Mike, Mike Boone.
1: Your bold prediction then is that Boone wins the job over Mac Brown and Rock Thomas. Yes. I'm only going to give you like a five out of ten for like lame? the boldness. No, it's not lame. Because... Well, there's
0: nothing bold with this group. What do you want me to say? Dalvin Cook's going to like. Mm. I mean, could it? Can I? If I you're asking for training camp. I could make the prediction that Dalvin Cook's going to win Comeback Player of the Year or going to, you know.
1: Yeah, just for training camp. training camp. There isn't really a bold one to be had with the running backs, aside from picking your guy, which I think you're doing. You're picking your guy. You're saying of the three, Mac Brown, Mike Boone, and Rock Thomas, who all have just great third running back names, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, all of you, for those names. You're saying Mac Brown, the guy that they brought in, who's Kirk Cousins' buddy, and they brought him in last year from Washington, that he's not gonna make it and one of the younger guys will beat him out. I think that's that's fairly He's bold. coming
0: off injury too. Like I mean Brown that we haven't seen much of him. I mean he hasn't done much in his first few years in the NFL.
1: And Boone was a guy who had great testing numbers Mm -hmm. and that there have been some rumblings that they're really intrigued by him. So I will say that there's a good chance you end up being right that he wins that job. The only reason that I'm going with rock Thomas and jokingly, I don't ever want to be team anything just ever, but jokingly team rock Thomas is just that he's a fairly interesting guy. He was with Auburn as a five star recruit and then transferred to get more playing time. Yeah. It makes him sort of intriguing. It's a classic camp guy. We don't know how it's going to work out, but Boone might have the edge right now. And uh, so you could end up being right.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Bold, wide receivers. Bold wide receiver prediction. I think you already know mine, and I'm sure that people listen to the podcast can figure this out too. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction, though, is that Kendall Wright is not here week one.
0: Yep. That's what we said last week, and so let's run through it though. So we're we're saying, are we in agreement that they're keeping six? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, outside of the obvious three, Treadwell, you know, Treadwell, uh, he'll make the team. Yes, it might team. not
1: go gray, but he'll make the team.
0: Dig and Treadwell. Yep. Coley. Yep. Zilstra. Brandon Zilster, who's my Mr. Mankato pick.
1: I will agree. Oh, you've, that's your yeah, pick. That's, that's, okay. Yeah, that's. I didn't that's my know pick. you'd
0: made your pick. Well, I'm making it on the show. That's okay, my Mr. Wow, Mankato. Oh, an early announcement. Yes. That's five. Magic number six, Tavares King, age 50.
1: <laughs> Tavares King was around when Joe <laughs> Namath was playing. He's 27 going on 56. He is the oldest looking man I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> he, had a, he had a good few catches, I saw in. Uh, in minicamp. That's that's all I know about Tavares uh, King. He
1: was really good against Philadelphia last year, randomly. Oh, yeah? He's sort of been bouncing around. He
0: was with the Giants.
1: Yeah, and had his one big game against them, so he's the eagle killer. He is their kryptonite. Maybe
0: that's why they might keep All right, no, seriously, who's your number six? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that pick. If you're, if you're saying that, um, if you're saying that uh, Wright's gone, you have to factor in, you know, Caleb Jones goes to suspension list right, right. away, so that's four I think, games.
1: I think Caleb makes the team, but he's suspended.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like a Floyd situation. Yes. Yeah, that's that's fair. how I could. See, so Caleb I could see them, good out there.
1: I could see them going five and Caleb Jones suspended, and then he comes back mm-hmm. potentially with somebody getting hurt. I'm sure by week four, and then they make a decision on him. I think that might be my pick right now. Okay. That they go five and then Caleb Jones, so they can have somebody else somewhere else and know that he's coming back in week four. But if they go six and it's not Caleb Jones because he's suspended. I think I would go Tavares King, and behind him I would go Corey Robertson okay. or Jeff Baddett. He's super fast.
0: Yeah, I mean, can we? As long as I mean, you're still forgetting all of the other names, the the BBs and the Winnickys and everybody else. I mean, it's a deep group. It's a yeah. really really I, deep group.
1: I think that BB or Winnicky both could compete for a practice squad job because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would pick them up if you cut them and then brought them back on your practice yeah. squad. The other ones, maybe someone would if you cut them, and I think that ends up being a factor. If you have an undrafted free agent that was high priority and you liked, someone else probably liked them too and wanted them too. And that might have been why Tashawn Bauer made it instead of getting put on the practice squad last year. So I, I like your, uh, your, your laying that out there with Zilstra yeah. making the team.
0: Oh, yeah. I've thought that for a while, though. I thought that dating back to minicamp when we – projected the roster at that point, at least, or projected some of the... We projected the wide receiver position. Um,
1: I, I do have a projected roster, 1500 ESPN.com if you didn't you know You put a
0: 53-man out already? Yeah, I put one out, Nice, nice. nice. You're the, ahead of the, the game. The pre-camp,
1: yeah. Jump man, the gun.
0: I right. got all the boring ones. One, you got all the good well, ones. No. Tight end? Is there a... T- no, it's not even fair. Can okay,
1: even? we could skip tight
0: end. Is there the old, a bold tight end? they going no bold There's There's. End? They could keep... I think maybe the bold would be they keep three, but it's like... Rudolph, uh, Morgan, does Blake Bell survive this round? He doesn't have, like, anything left on his contract. I think Conklin. I think Conklin I think Conklin has to. I mean, he looked okay out there today. I mean, he's, you know, I just am waiting to see these dudes in pads. I think it's – everybody's kind of gone stir-crazy where it's been the same thing where they're not even in shells for – you Know since May,
1: yeah. Like, how good is this guy? I have no idea. That's yeah, what got I hate when people ask past.
0: me stuff about training camp. Like, how did so and so look? I'm well, Jeff Baddett, you know, burned that guy on who Who did it was a uh, corner that he was going against. It, it might have been Holton Hill, yeah. And I mean, he looked good speed there, but he dropped the ball. Like, you know, that's as much as you can tell from these early practices. Um, so, okay, so do I get offensive line? You can get offensive line, Thank yes. you, I appreciate that. So we're in agreement that Tyler Conklin makes the roster. That's a mutual pick. Not that bold. Not that bold. Um, offensive line.
1: How bold can you go? Ooh, I could
0: go pretty bold, but I don't know if I'm going to. I'm going to try. Um, okay,
1: there's really no downside to going super bold here. There's no risk.
0: I just, I know what I, know what I think is going to be the starting five. It'll be from left to right. That's what we know: Reef, Easton, Elfline, Remmers, and Hill. I think Brian O'Neill's going to make a compelling case. Okay, that's bold. Um, that's bold. I, you know, he can't. We talked to John D. Filippo about it today. He's coming here He's strong. He's probably put some weight on. Uh, he looked, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like when he actually gets into the mix with the veteran guys when everybody's in pads and. His wit, his welcome to the NFL moment, once that first, you know, first practice, which defensive end is he going to go up against, and can you hold the edge against a guy, And if you're, if, can you hold ahead? I mean, that'd be Daniil Hunter, can can you hold the edge against Daniil Hunter, if you're thinking about that, I don't, I don't know, so I mean, that, that to me is going to be very intriguing, because at some point this year, he's going to play on the offensive line, um. Where he goes in camp, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty. He's going to make a push for that job.
1: So, are we talking about maybe into the third preseason game, where we're saying, "Hey, is it going to be Hill or O'Neill?" Is that where? Is that Are you going that bold?
0: Um, that's that's pretty bold. You know, I still I've projected on my stuff. um, We've had a bunch of you know preseason stuff on ESPN.com. Like I've said, you know, my bold prediction for the preseason for like I guess more of a national audience that doesn't really understand, you know, really understand the. innate workings of the Vikings right now with the offensive line is that Hill will be the right tackle. Um, I don't know for long though. I don't know how much long, you know, there didn't seem to be a huge impression of him with, um, with the offense in the spring. Maybe that changes when he gets in, he's, you know, lost about 10 pounds. He's, you know, he's probably learned quite a bit is in terms of pass blocking that, you know, he struggled with in the playoffs, but how long the Rashad Hill experiment they want to go with that, that's going to be interesting.
1: So if you look at minicamp, when DiFilippo talked with us.
0: And he barely, I don't even think he knew who Rashad Hill was when you asked him that.
1: Every question was a long answer, except when I asked about Rashad Hill. Then I was like, he's, uh, you know. The guy. He's, he's number 69, and that's <laughs> great for him. And anyone who wears that number. It was really that good short. And I was just like, okay, well, that's not exactly the vote of confidence I was looking for. I was kind of looking for it, like, oh, we've been really impressed with him. That's not what he said. So as far as your boldness, the door is open there for Brian O'Neill. I think that he needs to get a lot stronger and that he's probably not close, but they could panic if Hill really struggles in the preseason going up against Daniel Hunter on a daily basis and they start to get nervous. Or if O'Neal shows that his athleticism will make up for some of his weight and strength. That could also change things. I like that. If you were going to go super bold, if you were going to go, like, let's turn the boldness up to 11 here. If I
0: was going to go, let's turn the boldness up to 11, Tom Compton at right guard and Mike Remmers back at tackle.
1: Or even potentially Danny, Danny Isadora. Isadora. Yes. You could have gone super bold, but I like the idea that we go into week Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying asking, to jump
0: off a cliff here with boldness. I'm just trying to, you know, make sure, uh, you know. Make sure I know I, I, I'm i confident in that pick so where somebody can't like pull that back and be like, you idiot, which they're probably going to do anyways. Probably. That's fine. Want to go to defense?
1: Bold on defense.
0: You got the defensive line. Defensive
1: line. I'm going to go here with we are talking about Jaleel Johnson a lot. Yeah. I don't know how bold that is, but since he barely played – in the actual season last year, it might be somewhat that he put himself in the Mr. Mankato running from a a very good preseason. And as we go through this preseason, the bold prediction is that we are saying about him, Hey, he could be a part of this defensive line rotation and mix in for Sheldon Richardson. I think by the time it's said and done Vikings fans will know his name and feel confident about where he stands on the defensive line.
0: Okay, five
1: out of ten. That's six out of ten.
0: Five, maybe. I mean, yeah. we what, go as far. I, I'm going to challenge you here. Go as far to project what that eight man rotation looks like.
1: Okay, so clearly you got your four starters.
0: Yeah, outside and, of this, the other four, and
1: then the other four. I'm thinking Weatherly, Bauer, Holmes, and Johnson.
0: That so what do you s- well, That leaves David out Perry. That leaves out Brian Robeson. Oh, yeah, it does. What do you think? I mean, do you think that they're going to keep him? Uh, is he your veteran on the bubble, or are you just going Cheryl's all the way to irritate all of our podcast listeners? Maybe
1: they go nine. Maybe, hey, I mean, you can't you know, go wrong,
0: but at some point you're going to have to cut from something else. It's like, okay, do they keep five corners? Do they keep six corners? Like, You know
1: who could be the guy that loses out there if B-Rob plays really well and, and looks good and looks like his old self is uh, Stephen Weatherly. Yeah. And, I mean, Weatherly is on year three and has barely played in the first two years. He's a guy with great athleticism. He's a very intelligent human being. But you have to do something at some point. And he didn't really stand out to anyone last year in training camp or preseason. He was just another guy. He's the one that could be, or, here's my really bold prediction, this could be super bold. B-Rob calls it quits midway through camp. He just says, look, you know, it's been a great ride, but I just can't get myself... Where I need to be to compete and play a role on this team. And I'm sorry, I'm calling it a day.
0: I don't think that would happen. I think think for, for what he came back for and take, you know, the mental hurdle to get over to be like, yeah, like I'm coming back for my 12th season. And then, oh, by the way, you got to take a $2 million pay cut. Like,
1: well, let me present the scenario. They say to him, look, Brian, we love you. You're the greatest. We want to build a statue of you. You've had an amazing career here in Minnesota, but the other guys are outplaying you. Yeah. And instead of cutting you, why don't you just retire? That's I a
0: very think viable you would. I scenario. Think you would. I think you would too, but I just I just can't see it. That's pretty bold. That's very bold. That's like flaming bold. Mm-hmm. Like on a level of like, you know, we're talking like fire sauce from Taco Bell, that's fire sauce. That's like the hottest that you can go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Linebackers. <laughs> um. I, I was
1: just avoiding any Taco Bell jokes there, that's fine. so I'm just gonna move along you know, and totally I'm gonna hand it over to you for linebackers.
0: You know, I think with the linebackers, I mean, uh, it's not bold, but maybe even you know can piggyback off what you were just saying with the defensive line rotation. I mean, what about Anthony Barr? Like, we we go into this knowing that you know. They don't have a lot of depth at the position. So there's not really all that much. I mean, you know, Hercules Mataafa was linebacker, defensive end, whatever the hell he was. Like, and now he's hurt. And, you know, he's going to be on IR for them. And, you know. More like not uh, anafa now. That's cute. Um, you. Were you holding on to that one for a while? No, just came over it right now. That's very clever. Thank you. Um, I think I just got to go with Anthony Barr. And let me put a sack total on him. Does that make sense? F- so camp for camp is that that's
1: too no good. no no. If you're going bold, Anthony Barr, you're just saying in a preseason game he lines up at defensive end.
0: Fine, I will say that because I, I do think he will be eventually, as we saw, part of that defensive line rotation. But this is not a very bold pick. We saw this in minicamp.
1: Um, you know they they were throwing passes to Brian O'Neill in minicamp, so it doesn't necessarily mean he's actually going to do it sometimes they just do stuff to try it out well I
0: mean Khalil Mack rushes the passer and is about to make himself a lot of money if he reports for camp I think that Barr could be in that situation if he takes on more of that true outside linebacker role where he's also being sent in off the edge so I mean for me the whole linebacker position really stems from you know an on uh Anthony Barr.
1: I don't think there's really any other bold prediction to make here. Ben Gideon is the number three, and the other guys will battle kentrell Brothers, who's suspended. Eric Wilson, Devontae Downs, they're going to. Devonte Devontae Downs going to
0: make the roster? I don't think so.
1: I don't know. I mean, how injured is he? We can never get answers of these things in minicamp.
0: No. I mean, is we he, he going to really be out there? Whole, i don't, We'll see, I guess, when he gets out there. We didn't really see a whole ton in the first two days when they're in shorts. Bold defensive
1: back pick. This is
0: a great. I'm jealous. This is a good one. Let's
1: do, let's make it together. Let's okay. both because there are safeties and corners. We could both make bold sure. defensive back picks. I would go with Mike Hughes wins that job at Nickel. Okay. That is
0: bold. That's a good one.
1: I'm going with that. You got one?
0: Well, that probably would have been mine. Well, my I mean, Mike Sherrill's is gone. Um, not that he's not that it's really much of a secondary pick. I guess that'd be more special teams, but I say that they keep five corners instead of six. Meaning so
1: Holton Hill makes it. Yeah.
0: Holton Hill. I mean, I think it's been a front runner to make this team Mm -hmm. since he got here. And I think he he had a nice pass breakup on Brandon Zilstra and camp. I mean, you're, you're starting to see it. Um, it's going to be cool to see what happens when he goes full go. And I mean, if he's playing outside with like the second team unit, um, Hughes is interesting because, I mean, he didn't really say much outside of what we knew in minicamp in speaking with him on Thursday that it's the same thing. They start him outside, they move him inside. I wonder when McKenzie gets out here, McKenzie Alexander, Mm -hmm. how much those reps and what those reps look like. Because if you're saying Mike Hughes is winning that job, then you're saying that McKenzie at some point is going to be in a situation where he looks like he's not in it, and you got a forty year old and a rookie who's never played the position um, you know, truly for a whole season competing for that job. That right. is not a good position to be in, and that really says I think more about just, you know, Alexander's development. But, you know, I've said that I think that Terrence Newman can be a really good safety, and, and I think that's where he'll end up. So yeah.
1: If you were going bold with safety, you would probably go with something like they'll sign someone else to come in. Because there's there's
0: not a lot of depth.
1: And also, Anderson Deho didn't participate in minicamp at all. He's been hurt. And I wonder about how... We don't know the injury with him.
0: His cap figure is large.
1: Where is he going to stand? I don't think he's getting cut. No. I just don't know where his health stands.
0: I just think his time here... He's on borrowed time right now.
1: With his age. He's in his 30s now. And he's coming off a, a tremendous year. It's just... With the way that it ended, with the concussion and then having to be pulled from the Philly game, yeah, you wonder
0: how much more that's going to where the impact is going to be with him going forward. I don't can he have as good of a season as we saw in flashes and you know pockets last year. I don't know. Harrison Smith needs some help. I'll give him that.
1: I don't think that anything changes. But if you were going bold, you would say, well, you know, maybe they look for a veteran to come in and be another safety or compete with Anthony Harris. Harris has done okay when he's mm-hmm. had to fill in, but he's not a guy. If, if you had to turn to someone else, he's not the guy that you want to turn to for six or seven games. He can do one or two, but I don't think he's a guy who could play a half a season filling in for Anderson Dale. So if, it, if they get the feeling that Sandejo really isn't coming back from the injury, like they want him to, then maybe they would put a little pressure on him by going out to get somebody else. Um, it's not a bold prediction. To say that Daniel Carlson will win the job, no
0: it's
1: almost- all signs
0: have pointed to it, just given the contract situation of Kai Forbath and trading up to get Carlson in the fifth round. but everybody loves a kicking competition at least we need to like act like there's going to be one and and Forbath has beat people out before, so I wouldn't put it past him. That's my bold prediction. Kai keeps his job. Okay,
1: that would be the bold angle here. That's the
0: the only angle. Or somebody beats out J-Ron Kirst for punt gunner, but you don't (laughs) even want to go there.
1: No, I will not listen to that possibility. J-Ron was great at his punt gunning, and he's going to stay there. Um, And Ryan Quigley doesn't even have any competition.
0: Neither does Kevin McDermott. Sadly, I think there should always be a long snapper competition, don't you?
1: Well, you know, looking at uh, Johnny Stanton's body type, (laughs) He just screams long snapper. He's number 48.
0: He was long sna- – I told you this yesterday, right? Oh, yeah, that he, he was. He was long snapping on yeah. – um, well, they were doing like some situational uh, extra points.
1: But I never know if they're just like messing around or what.
0: Well, probably because I don't have a long snapper out here. What's Daniel going to do? Oh, right. Daniel some, Carson going to snap the ball it. to himself? like yeah, right. you know. He was a tight there, end um, at one time.
1: There's no there's no long snapping competition, unfortunately. It
0: really sucks. I quit. We
1: could have written a lot on that.
0: You know that like I would have been the foremost expert <laughs> on the long snapping competition. I,
1: I think I can honestly say this, and this is not a joke, this is really true, that no one has watched more film of the long snapping situation <laughs> last year than you. <laughs>
0: I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> yes, that, that's accurate. I think you're also in this too, though. Uh,
1: yes. Probably right. not as
0: much as me. Um, but you There have know. been
1: some suggestions of plays that I have passed along to you to watch from one of the previous long snappers. But, uh, yeah, it's too bad that that's not going to be a competition. Do you? Let's just put on a bet here before we wrap it up on the kicking situation. Because it will be one of the top storylines oh, that we sure. watch every day. In fact, it's. I think it's my favorite. If there's a competition to kicker, it's the best because if you're just running reps, we're kind of like, Oh, focus on this guy. Focus on that guy. When is the kickers though? It's everything stops. Yeah. It comes to a halt. Everyone shuts up the fans stop and look. So it's like this big pressure situation for these guys battling each other. And then here it is. Everyone's got their no pads down <gasps> 37 yards. Daniel Carlson through the middle. Like it's kind of fun and dramatic. When they have a, a legit kicking competition, which they did last year. Yeah. And Marshall Kane just barely lost it out to Forbath. Who are you putting your bet on?
0: Well, if you, if you want a bold prediction, Kai Forbath. If you want a realistic prediction, Daniel Carlson.
1: I'm saying Daniel Carlson, too. Yeah. Um, I thought he made a very poor effort today to hold the bag. That yeah, they you were, were really
0: upset about him holding the bag on yeah. the punt gunning drill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was just standing there with it. I mean, the other guy was like in a stance. He is
0: not paid to use his arms.
1: That's a good point. He is the youngest looking person to ever play football.
0: I wrote in uh, on a tweet in during Rookie Minicamp that he reminded me, or at least looked like, Jimmy Clawson.
1: The blondness, yes. I would say... I would say the eyes,
0: too. I think he's, you know, maybe got a skinnier face than Jimmy Clawson.
1: I think if you took a nine-year-old Josh McCown and put his head on Okay, okay. body... Okay, I see that. Yep, I that's see what, that. that's that's a what good he looks one. like. Yep,
0: Josh McCown and Jimmy Clawson, now we should really go back and like debate they're doppelgangers. That's
1: like the, um, fight club. You ever seen fight club? I have. You're two in blonde. <laughs> That's those guys. Yeah.
0: So. Spiky okay. hair too. You
1: could tell we are ready for actual football things to happen. Did you take anything away before we wrap up just from Kirk cousins, John D. Filippo talking today? Was there anything that stuck out to you before we wrap up here?
0: A little bit. Uh, with what Kirk said about the leadership aspect of coming in here, it's so much quicker than he thought. He he wasn't really sure. You know, you think, okay, I got $84 million. You know, I'm going to come in and, you know, do whatever I want, essentially. I mean, that's kind of what the money says. Like, this is – you have the keys to the castle. But as a football player, you know, he knows that, you know, money doesn't buy you respect. It doesn't buy you leadership. But the guys here were like, okay, it's your show. Here you go. He was having – he wasn't really sure how to be a starting quarterback here. He wasn't sure when to – you know, when it was okay for him to be. thought he had to come in and, you know, sit back, maybe prove himself a little bit because, you know, any other position that's kind of, you know, a lot of times what you have to do – I'm just kind of thinking in my head, I don't think if Julio Jones got traded or if you know, somebody else, you know, if you're at the pinnacle of your position, you oftentimes don't have to come in and, and do that. But Kirk, as we've talked about, is not at the pinnacle of his position. And I have a story coming out on Friday just about my time in Holland, Michigan, getting to learn who this guy really is. And the quote about, you know, you can't be a fake and expect guys to um, you know to follow you and you know take on your leadership. You know the eighty-four million dollars is not going to buy you respect. Pretty telling quote. And you know to to learn a little bit more about Kirk, like I got to this summer. Uh, that kind of tied it all together for me with just you know from what he's saying. Because I don't think you'd go out there and tell a bold face lie that like oh they're like hey go for it like keys to the castle are yours like. You know he clearly feels supported here, which you know certainly at points throughout his season, his time in Washington, he didn't. It's
1: extremely unique for a guy that had the seasons he had to yeah. change teams. That is not completely unprecedented, but mm. almost.
0: And that. one more. And one more thing, uh, John DiFilippo Filippo made a good comment today about quarterback competitions. That if you have a quarterback competition in camp, you don't have one. You really don't, and he's been through that, um, you know, before in Cleveland between Josh McCown and Johnny Manziel, and we saw what that led to. Um, it's good to have backups, as, as you know. I mean, there's obviously, you know, going into Philadelphia last season, there was no competition between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, but it's unique to this situation here, and I wrote about this today that you know this is uncharted territory for Minnesota. Because last year at this time, it was, hey, it's Sam Bradford's show. But on the back burner in your mind, you're thinking, okay, well, what's going to happen when Teddy's healthy? And what's going to happen you know, if and when he gets cleared off the pup and he can you know, medically return cleared to play? And at that time, you're thinking, okay, Sam's going to be the starting quarterback. Do you have a competition then? Is there a trade? What goes on? They, th- this is the first time that in a while that it's gone like the answer is right here and for Kirk it's kind of the same thing. I mean 2015 was his he's had quarterback competitions. He's the guy, outright guy. He knows where he's going to be next year. He knows that this is his team and they're going to ride with him for better or for worse. Um he doesn't have to look over his shoulder essentially. So I think that there's a cool paradigm there between those two um that just two very new situations for both parties.
1: You have to go back really to Dante Culpepper, where you have three years in a row when you think you know who the starting quarterback is. And that, and that is very unique. And it also, it gives Kirk cousins the comfort, here, knowing that he's locked up for mm-hmm. years, and the teammates around him to hand him the keys and say, You can be the leader of this team because we know who our guy is going to be. You're not fighting for a job. You're not fighting with the president of the team to pronounce your name properly. You are not fighting with the owner of the team to not love RG3 more than you. You aren't dealing with the distractions of people questioning whether you should have your mascot or not I mean there's there's a lot that's different here with this team and knowing that someone buys entirely into you I don't know if you've ever had that professional situation I think that I have where you go to a different place that place being here where I feel way more comfortable in my job here than I did before where before I felt in Buffalo, like I was always just fighting for anything I could get and felt like I wasn't getting enough opportunity and on and on. And it's a way different mentality of how I go to work every day. So I can see Kirk maybe feeling the same way that even though he still has that underdog and chip on his shoulder, that his comfort in being that leader is more when he knows that from Mark and Ziggy Wilf on down to Johnny Stanton, everyone knows who the guy is. Is Johnny Stanton last? He's last, isn't
0: he? <laughs> I'm holding it in. Sorry, do you, think, Johnny. do you think Kirk knows who Johnny Stanton is? Johnny Football, as we've been calling Johnny him? Johnny Stanton's number 90. No, he's not. He's number forty-eight. 90 of 90. Okay. No, I mean, he's, oh, he's number making... 48.
1: I mean, like, of the 90-man all roster, right, all if right. you're ranking all their chances, I'm sorry, but he's got to be number 90.
0: They're keeping two fullbacks?
1: <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I mean. Unless the, number long, 91, snapper then. Thing, the okay, long snapper huh? thing could work out. Um but yeah, anyway, I, I could just I can sort of semi-mildly relate to that. Not $84 million, but when you go somewhere else and you feel like they believe in you
0: takes and the pressure they accept off. you,
1: yeah, it, it's a it's a different outlook. He, I, I don't think I've... I'm sorry, do you have something else? No, he
0: there? can hold on to his underdog story all he wants, and that's fine. That's kind of what the premise of my story tomorrow is just... That's what drives him because it takes the pressure off of him because... If you say okay, I've arrived, um, and like I've let I'm letting go of the identity I had my entire professional career and you know college and high school career, the expectations become that much more difficult because you're trying to match something that you've never even you never even fathomed. So
1: I think there's a new villain though for him. Before it was kind of like being a fourth round pick, and now it's the team who didn't believe in him. Yeah. So he can kind of change who he is viewing as. Uh, his villain in his mind to continue to motivate him the same way.
0: I mean, a coach that says, it's like, you know, we were seven and nine, Kirk did some good things, but hey, we were seven and nine. Like, he's calling a spade a spade, and he, and he had a point for sure, but there were slights at every moment. Kirk has probably never heard this much praise about him ever. Or a coach like having, you know, he, he has, a, he, if people have his back here, which, you know, if not just financial support that, you know, money talks for sure, but the way that guys, I mean, he said that Adam Thielen today or, you know, a few days ago was saying like, hey, can you get in early so we could potentially throw? And I guess, you know, we weren't sure like rules wise, you know, what they could do, but his guys want to work with him. His guys know that the keys to their success a lot of times, because, you know, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs had to make a lot happen on their own last year and made, made, you know, to elevate some pretty mediocre quarterback play. Um, they know they 're probably not going to have to do that exact same task. It might be a little better and easier for them, so they 're excited too. I think that you know the pieces are in place for Kirk to be completely supported, which he has not had in a very long time.
1: So let me ask you this this before we get into camp where we 're breaking down on the purple podcast every day who 's trending this way and that way and whatever. Time for one more really super ridiculous question for you before okay. we really get into it for the Pedal ghost of the metal. If you got $84 million, what do you do? What Just what do you do first thing you buy or just even like do you build a money house and then run into it and just have the money <laughs> fall over you? Do you put it all in the bathtub and just throw it all over you? Do you just keep printing out your bank account that says $84 million in it? I know he doesn't have it all right now, but he will. It's guaranteed.
0: You think he's going to put it in like a Chase checking account and says you sign in. Greetings, Kirk Cousins. You, your balance is eighty-four million dollars. I'm gonna guess that there's some Merrill Lynch accounts or something. You know, maybe with a hedge fund overseas. No, no, I'm not saying that he's Swedish. like. No, I'm not saying he's going to like foreign bank accounts. But his money, his investments are going to be diversified because he's you know got money managers and he's smart with his money. I don't
1: even know what that means.
0: Means that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. I know what it means. Okay. What I would do with $84 million, I would uh, probably first thing would be take a trip to Alaska.
1: Naturally, right. <laughs> Naturally.
0: Yeah. Go find Jeff Overbaugh. Ask <laughs> what happened during the go, Saints game. Go to
1: Blockbuster. Go to
0: Blockbuster. <laughs> Wait, the P- Pearl Podcast doesn't know about our theory that he might be working at Blockbuster.
1: Uh, yeah, apparently. Um...
0: The last Blockbuster on Earth.
1: There's, no there's in the 50 states or in the 48 that are connected to each other. <laughs> Montana has the only one. And then in Alaska, they still have them because the Internet is shot. <laughs> so when he was making his long snapping videos, he had to go somewhere else to upload them. Um,
0: you can't have me on this anymore. No. I, did. I always this is like twice in one day. With with you and Judd earlier, I was yeah. like, I just—you
1: brought that upon yourself. I, I did. Think. I man, Kirk I, Cousins stealing your photo. Kirk, Kirk stealing on my
0: photo, and then it turns into a long. Sn- you can't. I just you can't yeah. bring me anywhere. Well, I have I have issues. <laughs>
1: um. Well, I'll just give you a serious answer. I would just build like an indoor basketball court in my backyard just for myself.
0: I would buy. You know, I'd probably buy a really nice house on the water somewhere.
1: I would also try to save elephants.
0: Oh, not greyhounds?
1: Well, oh. greyhounds are not expensive to save. Elephants, that's going to take some money. Yeah. Great animal.
0: No, it's a great, you know, they've, they're endangered.
1: People poaching them?
0: Yeah, what the heck's up I, with them? Are you serious? Those guys suck. I know. Just for the tusk, too. They don't want any other part of the elephant. That's...
1: <laughs> any other part of the elephant. They really don't. I get... mean, no, no, really you're right. It's skin. just a, It's just a funny i trying to think but what yeah, else I would like, buy. Uh, that, I mean, we need to protect them. So.
0: I'd probably build myself a that. TCO performance center <laughs> somewhere. Although this was $120 million, st- so I'd was be broke. Say, like, yeah, you
1: could get like <laughs> half of a performance center and then still have enough for a few helicopters. So.
0: Yeah, and I would I would actually build a building that had cell service for AT&T.
1: You could get like face-off surgery and just be someone else. <laughs> 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 just whoever you want.
0: wonder who I'd be.
1: Jeff over <laughs> No, probably
0: not. Okay, we should end this before <laughs> I like have a coronary on air. It's uh,
1: it's been good. It's been good. Yeah.
0: Maybe alright, we wanna know. Let's this is my purple podcast poll. Do you want us to retire the long snapper talk? Because I have No. I, I say the answer's no, no. But never. I mean it brings me joy, but are people annoyed by how much I love that position and how Funny I think things are that have to do with long snappers.
1: I mean if they've made it this far into the podcast anyway, just bless <laughs> exactly. you. I mean thank you. I can't believe you're still here. I hope
0: you I hope you haven't swerved off the road listening to this train well, wreck at the end.
1: I wanted to have some fun because this uh this is it. It sort of represents mm-hmm. the end of the road of off season and we've had a lot of fun conversations in the off season as we've gone along and we're going to continue to do that. As often as we can, and get guests on, and different things like that, and you'll hear the the sound from TCO Performance Center. But I feel like we're sort of turning to football. football. Yes, yeah, this is exactly. going to be like really
0: serious football talk soon, especially when they start clicking those pads. Ooh,
1: I think they pop. Don't they pop?
0: Click and pop, whatever. Popping okay. pads, clicking, pa- clicking. They when you run around, you hear the kind of like the little jingle, like keys in your. Uh,
1: I thought it referred to them hitting each other, so you get those pops.
0: popping the pads, but they click when they move. When they move. All right, here's another poll. Clicking or popping.
1: Okay, here's, here's a poll. That's the end of the Purple Podcast. <laughs> Goodbye.